0: You're listening to Randall Parker's Film Club, with me, Randall Parker. Well, it's finally December and you can almost taste Christmas, can't you? So far on my poor Patrol chocolate advent calendar, I've got a snowman, a present, a sledge, holly wreath and something that looks a bit like a penguin. I have to admit that chocolate does taste a bit like shit, but it always does though, doesn't it? On today's podcast, as usual, we'll be reviewing two films, one from the list of greatest films of all time, a film from 2004 called Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, and another one requested by a listener from 2003 called Freaky Friday. Uh, We'll read a few of your emails out, and along the way we'll have a couple of your usual treats. Now normally I would record this on a Sunday morning and bunk it online so you lot can listen on a Monday. Seems to work a treat for today I'm recording this at Saturday lunchtime as tonight is Mr White Stag do and by all reports it should be a fucking treat. When I was talking to Janet yesterday she told me that she laid on some class entertainment and everything else stags could want for a massive party. I did ask her if she'd got a six pack of cheese and onion walkers max crisps in and she replied Randall darling I haven't but for you I'll send one of the girls out and they can pick some up when they get in the viagra for your uncle Kenny. Uh, wedding plans are well underway and to tell you the truth I'm quite excited about it all. I was thinking about it earlier on and it might actually be quite nice to call Mr White Dad even though he ain't me proper one. I did actually go with Mum and Auntie Christine to pick up her wedding gown and Mum tried it on and I have to admit she looked a proper princess in it. Well that was until she spilled beef and tomato pot noodle down the front of it but Auntie Christine managed to get most of the stains out with the bottle of Domestos and a stiff brush. Randall Parker's Film Fact Almost all of Brie Larson's scenes in Avengers Endgame were filmed alone, in front of a green screen. The main reason being, none of the other cast members wanted to be in the same room as her. Randall Parker's Film Fact Sad little side effect of the wedding is that Mum and Mr White will be going on a massive cruise for their honeymoon and will be away over Christmas and well into the new year. So I'm going to be stuck here all alone in my bungalow on the big day. Apparently they're going all around the Caribbean, whilst I'll be here Todd demolishing a tub of Zero sat in me pants. To tell you the truth, I'm quite looking forward to Christmas on my own. Me auntie Christine did offer to have me round for Christmas dinner, but I politely declined. I don't much fancy watching her picking bits of turkey out of Uncle Kenny's tramp beard whilst he sleeps in his wheelchair. But me on my own, it'll be a bit of an adventure, won't it? Oh, a bit of a development on the old ghost situation. Now, if you missed last week's podcast, I'm now safely ensconced. Ensconced. What a banging word. Ensconced. I'm safely ensconced in my bungalow. And every few nights I've been waking up in the middle of the night and there's been this ghost at the bottom of my bed just staring at me, pulling at the duvet. Now, I had a word with Big Ken and he thought it might have been a poltergeist that wanted to bum me. Called an incubus, I think he said. Now this did put me on red alert, because no one wants to run the risk of being arse raped by a naughty ghost, do they? So I got local vicar Sharon to come and exercise the ghost on Monday morning. But basically, she just threw bits of water around the place and said a few poems, charged me 30 quid for the privilege and fucked off. Well, that did fuck all as the ghost was back later that night. Luckily, I'd gone to bed with a big fuck-off stick that I'd picked up from the park and twatted the ghost spark out. Anyway, I turned the light on and it's actually the old codger from next door, Joe. Right, when he came to, he explained to me that when Rita lived here, the old bird, uh, on a cold night, he used to nip round, let himself in and slip under the duvet with Rita and cuddle up. No funny business, just for company and to keep warm. Quite sweet, really, so I did what any right-minded bloke could do in that situation and let him get in with me. Fucking hell, he has got cold feet, so when the temperature dips, old Joe's going to be popping round just to get in the pit. I can't see the arm. Emails. So, on to emails. Well, I'll tell you this first. Last week, it was the funeral of 87-year-old internet troll Raymond Cress, and I mentioned this on my last episode. And I said, if you were up in the Leeds area, why not pop along? Well, a couple of you did. A couple of students called Liam and James, who are regular listeners to the podcast. Now, these two fellas decided to nip along to the wake and get slightly drunk and help themselves to the buffet. Now Raymond's daughter took offence to this and challenged the two lads who explained they were representing the podcast and by all accounts she went fucking apeshit. Now all this was news to me and I knew nothing about it until Wednesday morning about 10 o'clock and the coppers turned up on my doorstep wanting a word with me about the mysterious circumstances following the demise of Professor Raymond Cress on the night of the 12th of December 2021. Now, they heard that on my podcast back from the 8th of November that I had apparently said that there was a cold snap coming and I hoped Raymond's eating would pack up and he wouldn't make it through. Well, apparently, that's pretty much what happened. Apparently, old Raymond popped his clogs from carbon monoxide poisoning due to a faulty combi boiler that had recently been tampered with. Now, they haven't charged me. We're all right there. But they have told me that I'm still a suspect in this ongoing investigation and don't go too far without telling them. I did ask them if it was all right for me to slip to Walsall as I needed to get a wedding present for Mum and Mr White. And they said that's all right. Tell you what, they've got some lovely household stuff in Poundland, you know. Anyway, I've gone off the rails there, haven't I? Let's uh, start again. Emails. Right, so on to emails. Got a cup for you this week, so let's get cracking on our first email goes. Dear Randall, the gang and I, down at the garage, love listening to your podcast on a Monday morning. We are fans of many film podcasts, but we seem to enjoy your podcast the most. It's nice, that. There's something about the stimulating topics and entertaining reviews mixed with the smells rising from a freshly stripped combustion engine that make the experience quite magical. Just the other day, Sam started a conversation about cars in films and how since the Fast and Furious franchise started, the car is the star ethos has been lost. And it's all over the top set pieces and stunts. Tony said he believed that the contrary was true and the cars in the Fast and Furious franchise were the stars. Then Darius pipes up and said even though that they had tried hard to disguise it, the true story of the Fast and Furious franchise is the idea of family and belonging. Well, as you can imagine, this was like a red rag to a bull and Tony hit Sam over the head with a torque wrench and dislodged one of Darius's testicles with a set of mole grips. But my question is this. What is your favourite car in cinema? Keep up the good work, Danny Carter. Well, thanks for writing in, Danny. I hope your friends make a speedy recovery. Uh, I do love a good debate, don't you? But, onto to the question, what is my favourite car in cinema? Well, there has been some fucking amazing cars in films, hasn't there? I mean, there's been Steve McQueen's car in Bullet, James Bond's Aston Martin, James Bond's Lotus Esprit, and the Pontiac Trans Am in Smoking the Bandit. But, for me... You've got to go a long way to beat Herbie from the Herbie films. He's got everything, ain't he? He's got speed, personality, and he can drive himself anywhere he wants, can't he? I mean, so you can nip down the pub, have a skinful, get in your car, drive home, and not knock a pensioner off his bike. Like what local BNP councillor Eddie Britton did that time his wife ran off with a black man. So, next email goes. Dear Randall, what in life is truly objective and not subjective? Many thanks, Steve Turner, Gloucester. Hmm. Next email goes, Dear Randall, Love the podcast. Did you know that in the past people were buried with items that they would need in the afterlife? What would you want to be buried with so you could use it in the afterlife? Best wishes, Mark Baldwin. Oh, best wishes there. King of the email sign-offs, isn't it? I think that if I was to be buried with something, I would probably have my replica stormtrooper helmet. I'd wear it all around the parties in heaven and everyone would be dead impressed and I'm 100% sure that no one else up there would have taken one. I'd be up there chatting up Marilyn Monroe and Einstein would come over and he'd say, Hey Randall, can I have a go with your stormtrooper helmet? And I'd say, fuck off mate, not with that air. looks like you got nits. get some fucking pride. Well, either my stormtrooper helmet or a jar of Branston just in case they don't have it up there. I hope that's answered your question, Mike. Thanks for emailing in. That's all the emails for this week. Should we crack on with the review? <laughs> now onto this week's classic film, and it's one from two thousand and four, and it's directed by a bloke called Michael Gondry, and it's called Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Bit of a mouthful, that, but don't let that put you off. Now this stars Kate Winslet, uh, her off of the Titanics and everyone's third favourite comedian, Jim Carrey. Well this is before Mr Popper's Penguins, so this is when he had a bit of credibility still. Right, film starts with Jim Carrey, who in this is called Joel. Uh, he goes to work one day and decides, fuck this, let's bugger off to a place called Montauk for the day. Montauk, what a great name for a place. You only get names like that, you know, in America don't you? You get Sedgley and Smithy around, don't have the same ring. Anyways, he fucks off to Montauk on the train and basically it's fucking freezing. And he's walking along the beach and freezes his tits off and decides to knock it on the head and get the train home. Whilst he's on the train home, he meets this woman, Kate Winslet, who in this is called Clementine. And she starts to chat shit at him for some reason and they're drawn to each other and decide to go on a midnight picnic on a frozen river and they seem to fall in love. Now the next thing we know, it appears to be a couple of years later and Joel sat in his car having a bit of a cry because Clementine has fucked off and had all of her memories erased by him by a company called Lacuna. Interesting concept that, ain't it? I do know down at the Dog and Partridge, just off the Aston Expressway. Uh, Claude Hammer Pete will offer you a similar service where he'll give you amnesia by crowning you up the back of the head with a bar stool. Anyway, Joel is so upset that he thinks instead of living with the upset, he'll have her erased from his memories and pops along to the company to begin the process. Once there, he takes all of his things that remind him of Clementine and makes a tape of why he wants to fuck her off out of his memory. Anyway, that night, he takes a tablet that they gave him and he drops off to sleep and the company nip round his house and start to work on his brain and make him forget all about her. But what they didn't bank on is Joel's subconscious wanting to cling on to the memory of Clementine. God knows why he wanted to do that, because as the film goes on, you sort of work backwards through his memories and she seems a bit of a twat. At this point I do have to say that this film's got a great supporting cast. It's got the Hulk, it's got the fat Spider-Man's girlfriend, one of the full Monty men and Frodo off Game of Rings. Now the people who were erasing his memories fuck around and eventually manage to erase all of his memories until there's just one left that uh, the first time they met on the beach in Montauk. And it's at this point you realise that the bit at the beginning was actually after this bit and everything is arse about face. Now, there is a subplot in there about the full Monty Man and he's been shagging Fat Spider-Man's girlfriend and she gets all moody and decides to send everyone their tapes of why they ate people and why they wanted the procedure. Anyway, Joel wakes up next morning and all these memories are erased and as we saw earlier, he goes to Montauk instead of work and meets Clementine again on the train home. They come back from the midnight picnic on the river and they find in the post the tapes that they'd made at Lacuna saying why they hated each other. And they have a listen to him uh, but decide... Fuck it, let's make each other miserable again and become boyfriend and girlfriend. And that's sort of where it ends. Now to me this film was a right mess of bollocks. It's one of those annoying films that starts where it ends and ends where it starts. You know, the kind of films that just waste people's time. Uh, Ratings-wise, right well, I'm going to put this on a par with something like Digby, the biggest dog in the world. As it's a high concept film that falls short in the execution of said concept. That was Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Watch that if you want to see a film with Kate Winslet in it where she doesn't flap them out. I came back in here the other morning after my trip to the library and walked on my own help, Big Fat Judith, going through my pant drawer. Uh, she said she was just putting me socks into pairs but I'm not too sure. I had a packet of Pink Panther wafers in that drawer and they've gone along with £3.82 in change on my bedside table. She said to me that Rita, the old sort who lived here before, borrowed 20 quid off her before she died, and would I like to pay it back? And I said to her, I'll have a think about it. Quite an imposing woman is Judith. She's about 5 foot 2 and must be about 15 stone. Apparently a couple of years ago, she went on the rampage down the precinct, and the police had to use three tranquiliser to bring her under control. All because the bloke in Bargain Booze wouldn't let her have any credit. In bed the other night, old Joe says to me that some days he's sure Judith moves his furniture around just to make him think he's losing his marbles. Now, I was down at the chippy yesterday evening and I was having a chat with local tramp Tommy Slippers. Now, as you know, Tommy is renowned throughout the local area for wandering around Tony's, his dressing gown and gym Joms and pissing off the bridge that goes over the ring road. But what surprised me is that Tommy used to be head chef at the railway hotel in town. But he was forced into an early retirement due to an incident with someone cooked kidney beans and a couple of deaths. Now good old Tommy went off the rails, but now he's bouncing back and should be going into partnership with chip shop owner Peter Arnold. They're going to be launching a range of crisps with flavours inspired by Tommy's life. Our flavours include Hot Pot, Meat Pie, Roast Crow and Privet Hedge. I was actually privileged to try one of the flavours, the Hot Pot ones, and I have to say I was quite surprised that they tasted exactly like soil. But I do wish him the best of luck in their venture. I did have a word with Peter Arnold and he insists that he's 100% behind the business and it's not just a way of him getting his hands on Tommy's compensation that he's going to be getting for getting knocked over whilst taking a shit in the middle of the road. Randall's Requests, sponsored by Janet's 24-hour party services. So on to our second review this week and it's one requested by a listener a chap called Willie Stroker it's from 2003 and it's called Freaky Friday directed by some fella called Mark Waters Right so this one stars Jamie Lee Curtis and Lindsay Lohan who interestingly enough was one of the twins from that fucking shit film The Parent Trap Now Lindsay plays a teenage girl and she's got a voice of someone who's been smoking 40 fags a day for about 30 years Anyway she's a riot moaning shit and Jamie Lee Curtis is her mum was about to get remarried and the daughter is really pissed off about this. Now, Lindsay plays in a band and she's right shit at school and Jamie is a pain in the arse mum who's always nagging at her. So, they fuck off for this massive meal to celebrate the impending wedding at some local Chinese restaurant. Hardly oh, the fucking ritz, is it? Anyway, the mum and daughter have a big fuck off argument about the daughter not wanting the mum to get married. The daughter says, you're a twat, and he's a twat, and you've forgotten all about me dead dad. And the mum says, look, your dad's dead, and I need some cock, so stop moaning. Anyway, this little Chinese lady turns up and says, stop arguing, you daft twat. Have a fortune cookie. Well, they eat the fortune cookie, and magically, they change places. Fucking hell, I don't know what was in them fortune cookies for that to happen. The only magic ingredient you get from the fortune cookies of the brown dragon is listeria. Anyway, the mum's trapped in the daughter's body and the daughter's trapped in the mum's body. Right, and at the start, the mum fucks up the daughter's life and the daughter fucks up the mum's life. And then they try to change bodies back. Eventually, they learn to respect each other and go back to the old Chinese lady and she reverses the cookie spell and everything comes out in the wash. Whilst you just sit there hoping for death to take you. Jesus, what a pile of shit. I envied the dead dad as he wasn't around to witness this old pile of sick. Well done, pal. You got out nice and early, didn't you? Hey, Wise decision. Ratings-wise, I'm going to put that on a par with, pff, I don't know, uh, getting soap in your pee-hole, yeah. Uh, that was Freaky Friday. Watch that if you're looking to motivate yourself into gouging your own eyes out. Randall's Requests, sponsored by Janet's 24-hour party services. Oh, yeah, I meant to say earlier, yeah, we've had a fair bit of excitement here at Irving Methley Court, as we thought overnight that the graffiti artist, Banksy, had work his magic on the side of my bungalow. Fantastic it was. It was like two islands, right, with this bridge linking them both with a fountain at the top. And we called Central News and the Express and Star. Old Joe said there was probably a satirical remark on the state of the social care in the community until Judith pointed out that it wasn't a fountain but a spunking cock and a set of bollocks. Apparently there's a gang of yobbos who are doing loads of them around town at the moment. Randall smells bullshit. So, on to the occasional section of the podcast, which takes a look at something that happens in loads of films that is a total bag of bollocks. This week we're looking at investigating a noise when you're alone in the house. Now, we've seen this in films, have we, loads of times. Some young girl, she's home alone, hears a sound in the basement and decides, I'm going to have a quick butcher's of that, usually in a bra and pants, and then she ends up with an axe in her forehead. Bullshit. What a load of bollocks. Everyone knows you would do one of two things if you heard a strange noise coming from the basement. One, you'd pull the duvet over your head and pretend you didn't hear it. Or, two, legged the fuck out the house. There's something else, something else that bothers me, right? If you're a couple who happen to be staying in an haunted house or cabin in the woods, never have it off. You'll be the first ones murdered, won't you? Randall smells bullshit. I was talking to Donna earlier in the week and she seems to be under the impression that her two kids, Jackson with two exes and John Wick, all one word, are gonna be page boys at Mum's wedding. Don't know where she got that impression from. I tried to broach the subject with Mum, but she was munching away through a packet of raw super noodles while watching Bargain Hunt, so there's no getting through to her then. I did once try to interrupt her joining Bargain Hunt and spent the rest of the day in A getting treated for a Biro in the forearm. I did ask Mr White if he'd asked the kids to be Page Boys, but he said that it was the first he'd heard of it. I said to Donna she must be mistaken and she weren't too happy because she said she'd spent a wedge of cash on the little suits for the pair of them, and demanded to be reimbursed. That was not until I pointed out that they still got the security tags on them from Asda. But as a compromise I said to her if she turns up at the church next Saturday I'll put a word in for her. Mind you I think it's just her way to catch an invite to the do later. I remember at Mark Patterson's 40th a few years ago, she ran along the buffet filling as many Morrison's backs as she could before the bouncers chucked her out. Randall's Classics So, on to Randall's Classics this week, and it's a film from 1978, and it's called The Swarm. So, what happens is, one day a bunch of naughty wasps decide, fuck it, let's go on the rampage and basically sting the fuck out of anyone we can find, whilst Michael Caine walks about half hours trying to kill the fuckers. It's a great way to waste an hour and a half of your time, and you can probably find it on Amazon for a couple of quid. Get it watched. Randall's Classics. Uh, the other day, I broke the news to Mum about Nana Parker, and she didn't actually move to Greece but an NTSD in West Bromwich. But it turns out that Mum knew all about it and used to visit her on a regular basis. This is if I was the only one who didn't know. Very odd that. Very strange. Well, thank you for listening. It's so lovely that many of you do. Uh, can't thank you enough for that. If you want to get in touch, the email as always is randallparker1971 at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. So next week I'll be back with all the usual fun and gossip from the wedding. Uh, I'm off for a bath now. Get ready for the stag do. Turn off for a bit.